Good morning, church. The church, my church. (laughs) Hallelujah. My name is Rebecca Goodspeed, and I am blessed to be part of this church. And this morning, I'm going to be starting off the service. So uh, I was listening to last week's service, and what was highlighted to me, kind of what popped in my head was change and uh, what that looks like. You know, just recently at my work, uh, there's a lot of change going on. We're going to be moving like our entire de- department to some other location. And it's interesting to see how people address change or adapt to it. Or And we haven't even moved yet, and already ruffled feathers are happening. <laughs> and so already, I, you know, realizing that I get to be positioned to kind of like calm people down, be like, this hasn't even happened yet, don't worry. And I was thinking, right, why does it happen? Why does it happen that, you know, people get worked up about it? You know, a lot of it I think has to do is they're afraid of the unknowns, right? You don't know what's ahead and what that's going to look like. And you're afraid of things being worse, not better, right? And I was thinking... How amazing is it, though, as Christians, that's not how it should be for us, you know? Meaning, first of all, God knows the future. He's our king. He knows what's ahead. So that's taken out of the equation. We don't have to be afraid of the unknown. And secondly, uh, God who's for us and not against us, all these things, we shouldn't be afraid of things being, you know, this change and being like, oh, I'm not going to know what I'm doing yet and those kinds of things. And so I thought... Here, I'm going to... So Jesus, Jesus who is our king, you know, we are following him. We're, we're built for change, right? Meaning that, you know, this is kind of how our relationship with him looks like here because he has begun a good work in us, right? So that change is happening. Uh, looking to him, you know, we are being transformed from glory to glory. Those are words that are meaning like change is happening. And you know why that's important? Because that's really growth. I think sometimes that word change you know, we don't like hearing it, but it really, if we, our focus is on that growth that is happening, when he's begun that good work, when we are being transformed, that's a beautiful thing. So, uh, all right, church, well, this morning, let's stand. Let's stand. We're going to pray. We're going to pray together. And thank you, Jesus. Lord, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for this morning. Father, we give this morning to you. Father, I thank you for that good work that you've begun in us, Father. I thank you for the best, Father, that is to come, Lord. I thank you for what you are doing. And so we just continue to give that to you, Father. We are following you. I thank you, Jesus. Amen. Let's worship the Lord. Father God, we thank you that this is our story. This is our song. The assurance that we have of salvation in Jesus Christ. The blessed assurance. Father, we thank you that we don't have to guess 
We don't have to wonder. We don't have to go through life trying to be good enough, trying to attain it. But because you gave it to us, you provided it for us through the blood of Jesus. Father, we thank you. We thank you that that assurance is ours when we receive you as our Savior, that you come in, you regenerate us, and we are yours. Thank you, Father. We thank you, and we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. Uh, thank you for uh, giving me a few minutes again to speak over the offering. I'm going to continue on where I left off a few weeks ago and read with uh, 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 12. It says, but I say, this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you, always having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work, as it is written, he has dispersed abroad, he has given to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. Now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. While you are enriched in everything for all liberality, which causes thanksgiving through us to God, for the administration of this service not only supplies the needs of the saints, but also is abounding through many thanksgivings to God. Uh, I like to refer to this, this is the all passage. I mean, there's a lot of alls there. He's all sufficient. He's given us all that we need, etc., etc. And the mystery is how do believers receive a blessing or a reward for things that God gives to us? This text teaches us that God will give more resources to those who share the resources with him. This abundance, however, is not automatic, right? It must be received by faith. Like every grace of God, it must be received by faith. This abundance is also not just for the personal uses of the individual, but for the cause of Christ. We are not called to live in poverty, however, because there is an abundance for us and for others. It's available for all of us. The truth is the Christian giver becomes a channel of God's provisions for the needs of others. We are blessed to be a blessing. Taking this analogy of sowing and reaping from the text, there are at least nine principles that every believer can understand and apply. Today I'll just review the first three and I'll continue on with another three. I won't take too much of your time, but... Um, number one, everything starts as a seed, right? We read in Genesis, as we started reading in the, the reading this week, everything begets after its own kind. Nothing happens until a seed is planted, right? The seed has to germinate. Whatever I sow is also what I reap. I, I reap after the kind of the seed that I sow. So as we continue on with the principles of sowing and reaping, the fourth principle is, I'm not the only sower. In life and in spiritual matters, everyone sows seed. However, sometimes we can reap what others have sown. Jesus reminded the disciples of this principle in John 4, 35 through 38. 
as it related to the Samaritan harvest. He said, do you you not say, there are still four months, and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they are already white for harvest. And he who reaps receives wages and gathers fruit for eternal life, that both he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. For in this the saying is true. One sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you have not labored. Others have labored, and you have entered into their labors. Fifth principle is, I always reap in a different season than the one that I sow in. In agriculture, there are no automatic or instant results. James uses the farmer as an example of patience in James 5, 7, and 8. Therefore, be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for his precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it until it receives the early and the latter rain. You also be patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. The farmers of those days were dependent on two rains. The early rain came at planting time in October. The latter rain came in April or May. Without those two rains, the farmer had no hope of raising a good crop. But the farmer could not force it to rain. All he could do was wait for the rains to come. He had to depend on the God who ordained those rains to send them at the proper time, send the rains at the proper time. The lesson is clear. We are helpless without divine intervention. Nevertheless, we are called to trust God in circumstances over which we have no control. You know, we've all seen those. Uh, the sixth principle, the last one I'll present today is, I always reap more than I sow. Now this law works both ways, right? Both in the sowing of good and the sowing of evil. We never reap less. We always reap more. But why more? The reason we always reap more is because that is God's built-in way of affirming his generosity, his grace, and his veracity, his truthfulness. He proves himself by multiplying what we sow and what we reap. He is opposed to the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Again, we receive what we reap by faith. We have to sow by faith. We receive by faith. Amen? So there are various ways we can give here at River Valley Christian Church. There's a box in the back with uh, envelopes and pens. You can leave your offering there. You can send your offering in to the church office, uh, Lake Elmo, uh, 5900 Lake Elmo Avenue North, Lake Elmo, Minnesota, 55042. You can bring it by, drop it off in the office Monday through Thursday, 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. Pastor Greg is there to receive it. Or you can give online. And if you go to rvcc.info, on the bottom of the page, there's a donate button. It'll take you to PayPal. You can designate where you want it to go, how much you want to give. Very easy. So thank you for that. And I'll pray a little bit over the offering. Father God, we do thank you that we sow and we reap. Father, the principle is there from the very beginning that you showed us how 
your, your principles work. We thank you for your grace, and we receive it by faith. Father, we receive what you have for us, and Father, we give back to you, not because we have to, but because we can. And Father, we thank you that you've given us everything that we need for life and godliness. We ask your blessing on this offering. We ask your blessing on everybody who gives. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Amen. Thank you so much, Brian. Good morning. How's everybody doing today? Good. I want to see a show of hands. Who's all up to date on their Bible reading for this year? <laughs> well, today's your lucky day. If you're not, I'm going to catch you up real quick. All right. I'm going to. So, so our our two year reading schedule started yesterday. Yesterday was the first day. So if you missed that and you went, oh no, I'm already behind. I might as well give up now. Why even start? Why why even try? I'm going to catch you up right now. And uh, this was yesterday's reading. And somebody who has a stopwatch, who has a like a watch on their on their phone or their, you got a watch? You got a stopwatch? I'm looking at you. Yes, yes. <laughs> you're you're probably the geekiest guy I know here. So you probably have. Uh... <laughs> Sorry, that was mean. All right, ready? All right, here we go. Genesis chapter one, beginning with verse one, it says, "In the beginning." God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. And God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness He called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. And God said, "Let there be an expanse in the in the midst, <clears throat> excuse me, in the midst of the waters, and let it separate the waters from the waters." And God made the expanse and separated the waters that were under the expanse from the waters that were above the expanse, and it was so. And God called the expanse heaven, and there was evening and there was morning the second day. And God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place and let the dry land appear. And it was so. God called the dry land earth and the waters that were gathered together he called seas. And God saw that it was good. Verse 11. And God said, let the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seed and fruit trees bearing fruit in which there is seed which is their seed, each according to its kind on the earth. And it was so. The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed according to their own kinds, and trees bearing fruit in which is their seed, each according to its, own, to its kind. And God saw that it was good. Verse 13, <clears throat> And there was evening and there was morning the third day. And God said, let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night and let them be signs, for, uh, signs and four seasons, four signs and four seasons and for days and years. And let them be lights in the expanse of the heavens to the give light upon the earth. And it was so. And God made the two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night and the stars. And God set them in the expanse of the heavens to give light on the earth, 
to rule over the day and over the night, and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good, and there was evening and there was morning the fourth day. Two minutes, 41 seconds. There you go. That's your commitment every day. It's a little longer tomorrow, like today. So now you can go home today and read today. So we, we pick up from there, and you, then we get into the Psalms. You read Psalm 1. And then you also read Matthew 1. I think it's 1. Is it 1 and 2? 1, 1 through 11. Yeah, it, it tells you. We, have, we got it all sorted out. I love what uh, the uh, handout, the, the paper copy in the back says. Uh, it says, uh, reading through the Bible in 720... Do the math, I'm sorry. 725, 30 easy steps, whatever, you know, it's math. 730-ish, 730-ish. Two years, reading through the Bible in two years. And uh, uh, I did it, just finished up on, on uh, Friday, and uh, yesterday, I read, actually I did it, I, I finished up on Friday and I read yesterday's, on, so I've actually done it twice, so I don't have to do it in two years, I've already read this one twice, I'm covered. I'm sorry. I encourage you to get reading. Be a part of what's going on. Get in the Word. Be reading the Word. You read the Word. You know, and you hear me say that all the time. And I literally cannot say it enough because the more you're in the Word, the more you know God. The more you've met Him. You've met Him. And you've maybe known Him for a while. You maybe have known Him for a long while. And you actually maybe have been in the Word on a regular basis. I mean, I've been, I've been a Christian for over 54 years. 53 years. And I've read the Bible and read the Bible and read the Bible. Just now, if you heard me stumble a couple times, it's because as I was reading, I read something and went, oh, wow, that's cool. And my head started going, and I started thinking about the thought that I was, and I was like, oh, wait, I'm supposed to be reading out loud to everybody. Okay, so got to focus. <laughs> it's amazing. The Word of God comes alive. There's so much in that, even in those first 19 verses about the orderness of God, the, that God is orderly and He's supplied. And He created all of this by speaking. He didn't even lift a hand. You know, he just, he just said it. Let there be light. <laughs> you know, and there's just been continual light ever since. Let there be, let there be. And, and he's, he's that powerful. So when we start talking today uh, and continuing with this series that I've been doing on fear, we understand who he is. He is so powerful, he can speak and he creates everything. That's the God we serve. That's the God who loves you. That's the God who provided everything you need. That's the God who is protecting you. It's the God. He is the God. This is the guy. This is the one. So the more you know Him, the more you can trust Him. If He can do that, He can do anything. I mean, there's, and there's so many verses throughout the whole Bible. He holds the whole universe in the palm of His hand. That's not an analogy. That's how big he is. He controls everything. You know, if you remember, the, it says that in uh, Colossians, it says that when that Jesus in him was the fullness of the Godhead. When Jesus was on the earth, he was God the Father, God the Son, God the, the Holy Spirit was in him. He was the fullness of the Godhead. And it says, in him all things are held together. You know, you read that verse and it's, it's in Him all things are held together. Now what's interesting is, you go back to the crucifixion and when He died on the cross, what happened? 
everything started to shake. There was an earthquake. Why? Because the whole world went, whoa! But he didn't die for long, right? He didn't, he didn't stop being God at that moment. We were never without a Savior. We were never without a hope. We were never, never once. He said, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. We can bank on that. The more you know Him, the more you know about Him, the more you know about His character, the more you can trust Him. The more you can trust Him, the more you'll rely upon Him. And the more you rely upon Him, the more adventures, the more, the more adventurous you will be. You know, I mean, I loved it when our kids were little. You know, our kids were little and, and they'd be standing on the, on the countertop. And, I'd, and they'd go, Daddy, Daddy. And I said, jump. You know, jump. And they're like, oh, oh. You know, the first time, oh. And then, come on, come on, you can do it. Jump. Trust me. Jump. And then they, they jump and you catch them and they're like, oh, hey, you know. And then the next time it doesn't take so long. And then it doesn't take so long. And then as they grow, all of a sudden they trust you so much, they'll just jump on you without telling you. That's a, that, that's a problem. They'll just jump. Have you ever, you know, as a parent, have you ever had your kid just jump on you? And it's like, whoa, dude, you got to give me a heads up. You know, and then when they get as big as they get, like, I mean, and then they jump and it hurts, you know, because they you stop jumping on me. All right, that's enough. We're, not, we're done doing that. God's big enough we can jump on him anytime. We can jump to Him anytime. We can reach out and, and throw ourselves on Him. And He will always catch you. Always, always, always catch you. Because He's there. Alright, so as we move forward today, I just have a series of verses. Um, and before I do it, I, I actually, this is kind of a, a different way of doing it, but I wanted to read that first reading from yesterday. So today, you're caught up, you can go home, catch up, you, know, you can read today's and you're on track. You're ready to go. But, what I want to do is today is, is uh, Pastor John and Jen's and their family's last Sunday here on a Sunday morning. They will always be able to come back, right? Amen. They'll always, they're always welcome. They're, they're, they're not leaving us. They're just leaving Sunday morning service and, and they'll be uh, doing that. But, so I want to at the end pray for them. I want to give them a little bit of time yet to share if, it's, if there's anything on their heart. No, you're not leaving right now, Simeon. No, no, sit down. We're not done yet. You, at the end of the service, yeah. Um, I just have a couple of quick announcements. If you can let me know if it's okay if I do that. It's a little, little uh, weird, but uh, I just have a few announcements. Um, first of which, first of which, sorry, that was, that was for Peter. First of which, <laughs> we want to welcome you. Yes. First of which, is the Pumpkin Palooza. Everybody cheer. If you're new here, uh, we have a, an event every fall, every, for the last, this will be the fifth year. I had a check yesterday. And it's always out at the Heritage House, the, the uh, Justin uh, Homestead, uh, the compound. Um, it's always out there. Uh, it's usually in the first or second week of October. Uh, this time it's on October 3rd. And it is a blast. It literally is one of the highlights of fall. I mean, it is, it is like any Hallmark movie you have ever watched. 
you know, there's twinkly lights, there's, there's bands, there's music, there's, there's, uh, chili feeds and contests, there's, there, I mean, it is a beautiful spot, and then there's a pie eating contest, it's just a fun, we're just, it is literally a, a family, fun blast. It's, you want to be there. You want to invite your friends. We've, all, we've used it as a way to reach out to a friend who maybe wouldn't come to church, but they would come to an event like that to find out that we're, we're fairly normal outside of here. You know, I mean, we're, you know, we're okay. You know, we're okay. We're normal-ish. The normal-ish. But it is October 3rd, uh, between 4 and 10, and uh, bring uh, your ticket in. Your ticket in is a pot, a crock pot of chili, Okay. And we have a chili feed, but we also have a chili contest. It is amazing the numbers of ways that you can make chili. It is, it is, it's just blows my mind. And every year, but it is wonderful. And there's cornbread. We also need other fixings like cornbread and sour cream. I just got the, oh my gosh, that maybe isn't part of the deal. No, no cornbread. Okay. Chips. Chips, Chips and, and cheese and hot dogs and sour cream. We, you know, there'll be more announcements coming up, but I want to get it on your calendar. And that is October 3rd, 4th through the 10th. Then, uh, looking around the room, there are many, many new people. It is so wonderful that you're all here uh, in the, the last three weeks. Three weeks ago, if for those of you who are new here and you think this is the way it always is, three weeks ago we had 33 first-time guests on one Sunday. That is so cool, so awesome. And we want to thank you all for being here. We just love the, 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 the excitement, the joy that's going on. And we've always known this was a great place, you know, and we've been here forever. But, um, but we just want to welcome you. We're so glad you're here. This is, this is just so neat. And we're, we're glad you're, you're, you're being a part of what's going on. So, and we've had some people, some of, some of the new folks have asked, how do we become more involved? And so, uh, we have an answer for that. We have a thing called first thing. You know, it sounds, it sounds kind of, you know, but it's the first thing. Why? Well, the first thing you need to do is on October 4th, so the day after the Palooza, uh, we have uh, what's kind of a meet and greet. There's food. Uh, we're going to have it back in the new classroom wing. Uh, it's going to be at the far of the big room. And what it is is the staff will be back there, the ministry, some of the ministry leaders, the elders, uh, will number, number of folks will be back there. We'll just kind of give a brief presentation, introduce who everybody is, because to do it every week would be kind kind of hard, um, and uh, talk a little bit about who we are, how we got here, welcome you. You can ask questions, all that sort of thing. So that's October 4th, right after service. And if, that, if, you've, if you've not been to one, even if you've been here for three, four, five months, we didn't have one earlier in the year because of the, you know, I don't even want to mention, the thing that will go unmentioned. Um, but we didn't, haven't done one f- since last year, so if you've not been to one, you're, you're invited. Okay, and if if you know somebody who hasn't been to one and they won't come, but you invite them and you've been here forever, you can you're invited. So you know, come on in. There's food. We have a great time. So that is October fourth, and then uh, two weeks later we start what we call the next thing. So we have the first thing, then we have the next thing, and then after that's the rest of the things. But uh, <laughs> the next thing. Is, uh, is actually a three week class. And I say class because 
You know, I'm not standing up there lecturing. It's just, it's three weeks where we talk about different subjects, who we are, where we came from, what's our history, what's our doctrine. We do, we go very clearly into, here's what we believe. Here's what, you know, and I mean, you can tell from our sermons, we believe in Jesus, man. I mean, that's the bottom line. We believe you must be born again. We believe that, that God loves you, that he has his, his best plan for you, and all those things. But we talk about doctrine. You can ask all the questions you want. We talk in those classes, those three classes. We talk Talk about church government, how we run this. What what's the order? How do you who's in charge? Who is in charge? Who is in charge around here? I don't even. But huh? Greg. Greg's in charge. Okay, good. No, I'm kidding. He's not. No. Okay. <laughs> Otherwise, everything. I'm so glad to see we're back to purple this morning. Hallelujah. Otherwise, everything would be green and gold all the time, and that's just not going to happen. So. Um, we talk about that. We talk about what our vision is. We talk about our, our vision for the valley. We talk about our vision for training up the saints. You know, that's, we're not, we're not just always looking out. We need to, we need to grow up our people and our people are getting more and more mature all the time through classes, through Bible studies, through prayer meetings, through all of those things. We talk about all that stuff. So that's the next thing that begins the October the 18th. Sunday, and what we do is we let you go home after service and get something to eat, or you know, go to get a picnic, bring a picnic lunch or whatever, and we meet at noon. So then we come back, we meet at noon. There's, you know, you bring your own food if you want, but we sit and we go through a curriculum. We have a little pamphlet. You can ask all the questions you want, and I'm, I'm I, this time I, I have been teaching them all, and so I'll be teaching that and and uh, answering questions. All right, very good. Okay, so that is all of our. Stuff we have to cover. Fear. Let's get back to fear. <laughs> Don't fear. That's the, that's the sermon today. You can, it could be four. It could be fear not. Because that's what I'm, because here's the deal. Life is life. The world is the world. We've, we're, we deal with the stuff that we have to deal with. We all, ex, we all get it. And the older you get, the, old, the more you see of it, the opportunities to fear. When you're little, you don't know about all the things there are to be afraid of and to, and to be careful of and to fear. And so, but as we get older, we experience more. And we, so we, all of a sudden we realize, oh my gosh. And, and it actually can become to get to the point where that's all you think about is, oh my goodness, what if, what if, what if? And you, and you, 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 you think so much about it, you meditate on it for so long that you actually start to make up things to fear. You know, I, I know some people, I won't, you know, my mom, I'll just say it that way, okay? I, I, my mom was always afraid of what might happen. And, and it's, it just, it was, it hurt. It hurt to watch somebody who was afraid all, you know, of what, what if this happens and what if that happens and what if, you know, well, yeah, what if it doesn't? But the Bible has a lot to talk about why we shouldn't fear. Uh, I was researching it this week and uh, found a quote that says, God actually commands us not to fear or worry. The phrase, fear not, is used 80 times in the Bible. Most likely because he knows that the enemy uses fear to decrease our hope and limit our victories. That's a very interesting phrase. Why does why do why do we why almost like the world wants to force us to fear about everything? You know, don't don't go there. Don't 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 say this to that person. Don't don't say anything to anybody. You know, don't don't touch this. Don't don't breathe that. Don't breathe. You know, I mean, it's just, but it's a constant state of fear. Why is that? Because if you've noticed. 
in the last six months, because of the increase of fear, we've had a decrease in relationship. That's why it's so important for us to be together. Because it's not good for man to be alone. It's not good for a woman to be alone. It's definitely not good for kids to be alone. <laughs> we need people. We need each other. We need relationship. And the, the systematic increase of fear has caused people to, to shrink and shrink and back up. And then, and then with all of the social unrest... You know, people are afraid to say anything to anybody. And it's not just the white, black. It's the, it's the, you know, green, gold, and purple, and gold. You know, I mean, it's the, it's the, you know, male, female. It's the, it's, there's, there's a fear that I'm somehow going to say something that will offend you. So I'm not saying anything at all. When the reality is, I need to hear from you. I really do. Even if you disagree with me. I mean, I tell my leaders, you know, when we first started putting this together and, and, and pulling our leadership team together, I said, I don't want people who tell me what I want to hear. I want you to tell me what the truth is. Because if, if you, you know, it's that whole king with the new clothes thing. If, you, if, you, if you've heard the, the fairy tale, if, if you're really young and they don't tell you those fairy tales, it's about the king who was sold a suit of new clothes that was invisible. And so he put on the suit of new clothes and everybody's like, wow, that's a great, because he's the king. They don't dare, they don't dare, you know, uh, uh, hurt his feelings. So there he goes, what do you think of my new clothes? And they're going, well, it's wonderful, king. You know, that's awesome. That's a dumb way to live. Is to be naked and nobody, and, and every, nobody's willing to tell you. So in real life, I want to be told the truth. And God tells us the truth. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And He wants to tell you the truth. And what He's telling you, what the Word says over and over, at least 80 times, but we're going to read a bunch of them today, He's telling you all the time, do not fear. Why? Because He's got it covered. He's got it taken care of. All right, real quick, I'm going to just bounce through here a bunch. Um, Genesis chapter 15 Genesis chapter 15, beginning with verse 1. God is talking to Abraham. He's asked Abraham to move across the, that day, the, the known world to a place he did not know. And it says in verse 15, or chapter 15, verse 1 of Genesis, it says, After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Fear not, Abram. I am your shield. Your reward shall be very great. He asked Abraham to do something that was so hard. You know, we think it's tough to move our kids to school because of all the things that could happen at college. And we all know what can happen at college. You've, you've, either, you've either lived it or you've watched Animal House. One of the two. So sending your kid, sending your, your child, your little sweetheart, off into the world to live at college is very, very scary, isn't it? <laughs> and we can fear. Unless we know that I pray, and I, I lift up my daughter, and God, you know, God protects my children. Amen. He, says, he says, Abraham, don't fear. Don't fear as you go. I'll say it exactly the way he said it. Do not fear. I am your shield. He's, her, he's telling Abraham, I'm your protector. 
I'm your protector. Man, my goodness, you know, God is my daughter's protector. God is your daughter's protector. God is Godder. God is my son's protector. God is your son's protector. God is your wife's protector, your husband's protector, your your he's your business's protector. Do you know that God protects your things? He you know, things are not the most important thing in the world, but he cares about your stuff. He cares about your business. He's watching over your business even when you can't. He said, I'm your shield. What he promised to Abraham, he promises to you. What the word says about Abraham, it, it, it applies. We have that. I can go, we can go to the New Testament. I can show you the promises of Abraham are our promises. And he says, I'm your shield. I'm your protector. And your reward shall be great. One of the things that we can possibly fear is I can put all the work, all this work into it and it's not going to turn out. It's not going to succeed. It's not going to work. Man, and that, that is a real concern. I mean, I, I've talked to people and I'm, I've lived. So I get it. Man, I'm working so hard. Out. You know, what if this thing fails? Well, he says, no, I am your shield and your reward shall be very great. Genesis 21.17. Genesis 21.17. He's speaking to Hagar, who was Abram's concubine, about her son, if you remember that story, and I don't have time to go into the whole story, uh, God promised Abraham a son. Uh, Abraham and Sarah did not have a child right away. And, uh, and his wife said, well, maybe you need to have a, have, have a son through somebody else, even though God told him it's going to be through Sarah. Well, he decides that's a great idea, you know, to have another, you know, have a concubine. So he has a child through the concubine. Well, then Sarah gets ticked and kicks them out of the family. And they're out in the desert at night with no protection. And Sarah and Hagar is praying, and Genesis 21.17 says, And God heard the voice of the boy, and the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven and said to her, What troubles you, Hagar? Fear not, for God has heard the voice of the boy where he is. Now God knew who that boy would become. He, became Ish he was Ishmael. And Ishmael... Is the was the great 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 grandfather of all the Arabs in the world, and he knew what that was going to do. He knew how it was going to affect the world. He knew how it was going to happen, and he still heard the prayer of somebody who he knew was going to be trouble, and he said, "I hear that prayer, and I'm going to answer it." How much more will he hear your prayer and answer you if he hears? His for her prayer, his prayer, he hears your prayer. Fear not, he hears your prayers. Genesis 26, 24. And the Lord appeared to him the same night and said, I am the God of Abraham, your father. He's speaking to Jacob, who is also Isaac, or I'm sorry, Jacob, who is also Israel. He says, I am the God of your father. Fear not, for I am with you, and I will bless you and multiply your offspring for my servant Abraham's sake. Exodus 14, I'm going to fly now, so I'm going to go real quick. Exodus 14, verse 13. And Moses said to the people, Fear not, 
This is when they were standing at the Red Sea and the, you've all seen the Ten Commandments, man. You know, they're standing at the Red Sea, they're stuck there, and here comes the Egyptian army. And, and Exodus 14, 13 says, And Moses said to the people, Fear not, stand firm, and see the salvation of the Lord, which He will work for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never see again. God knows that He's protecting you. He can take care of your problem. Doesn't matter how, and they didn't even lift a hand. All they had to do was obey him and walk through the Red Sea on dry land, get to the other side, and watch what happened. They turned around to watch their enemies who had been, who had been enslaving them for over 400 years be disappeared in one day, never to be seen again. That's the, way, that's the God you serve. Doesn't matter who's chasing you. No, God doesn't matter who's breathing down your neck. Doesn't matter who's, who's threatening you, who's threatening your business, threatening your family, threatening you. It doesn't matter who, who's doing that. You're his child. And he protects you. He, he is your vindicator. When you get into a situation, and we all get into situations, the first thing you should do is, God, I need help. Protect me, Lord. Protect my family. Help us, Lord. And he says, watch what happens. Watch what I do. Watch how I take care of this. You won't see that. You won't see that enemy ever again. Isaiah, go over to Isaiah, verse 35. He's speaking to Isaiah about Israel. He says, say to those who have anxious... Isaiah 35, 4. Say to those who have an anxious heart, be strong, fear not, Behold, your God will come with vengeance, with the recompense of God. He will come and save you. They had an old covenant. This is how God acted towards the people of the old covenant. We've been given a new and a better covenant. We've been given a new and a better promise. God, God is saying, you know, if He said, I'm going to protect you, don't fear, don't worry, there's no reason why we should. I mean, we live in a world where things happen and we can have this opportunity to go, <gasps> but the reality is, he said to the old covenant, he says, do not fear, uh, I will strengthen you, up farther, I went too far, uh, be strong, be strong, fear not, behold, your God will come with vengeance, with a recompense of God who will come and save you. The same God who said, let there be light, and Poof! let there be, let there be, let there be, is saying, hey, I got your back. I'm going to protect you. Now what happens is, and I can kind of hear it in people's, wherever it's coming from, I can hear, well, what if he doesn't? What if he doesn't come through for me? What if he, or I know somebody who was trusting God and he didn't come through for them. So now you have a data point that is telling you that it doesn't work. What about that? I'm just letting it sink in. The word is true. That's the truth right there. You have a part to play in that truth acting in your life, working in your life. It's by faith that you please God. I choose to believe that He's going to protect me. I choose to believe that He's going to protect my family. I choose to believe that He's going to take care of this church, protect this church, protect you. I choose to believe. I, by faith, am believing He is a God of His Word. And He is. It's by faith 
that we please God. We believe it. We have to have an active part in it. Daniel. Let's go to Daniel. I mean, I, I'm actually skipping over a bunch of the verses that I put in here, but I don't want to use up the whole time today. Daniel chapter 10, verse 12. He says, Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and humbled yourself before God, your words have been heard, and I have come because of your words. That story is about Daniel prayed for something. He needed help. He needed help. He began to pray. And the prayer was not answered for 21 days. 21 days, which seems like, well, wait a second, God. How come you're not there? How come you're not going to help? How come you, I mean, why won't you, why, why aren't you true to your word? What's going on here? And the, when, when the answer finally came, they said, the, the angel said, I was sent immediately. God heard the first time you prayed. But he said, there's been opposition. Don't give up hope. If you've prayed about something, if you've asked God to help or to, to give or to you know, fill a need or whatever it is, the answer is yes, immediately. But there's a fight that has to, that's going on because Satan is trying to get you to think that God isn't good. And he's trying to hold that answer back. He's working at it all the time. So then you get to help. You get to help and go, oh no, devil, get out of his way. Get out, get, get out of the way of the blessing. Get your hand off my property. Get your hand off my kids. Get your hand off my marriage. Get your hand off this church. Get your hand off those people. Get, get your hand off them, Lord. Or not Lord. Ooh, whoa, sorry. That was... <laughs> strike that from the record. Sorry. My head was ahead of my tongue. I must, I'm sorry. Lord, protect us. Satan, get out of our way. Get out of the way of the blessing. God is good. His answer was yes and amen right from the beginning. If it's in His Word, if it's a promise, it's yes and amen. Amen? amen. All right, one more verse, and then I'm going I'm to get over to the New Testament, because it's also in the New Testament. Luke chapter 12. This is a, a, one of the teachings that Jesus gave. And He said this. Luke chapter 12, begin with verse 4. It says, I tell you, my friends, do not fear those who kill the body. Wait a second. <laughs> Whoa, wait a second. If God's going to protect me, why should, what, what, what happened to the martyrs? You know? What about the martyrs? What about the, the people in, in China, you know, the church in China that's being persecuted as we speak? What about, you know, is, is God not protecting them? Well, when you hear the testimonies out of those people, out of those churches, in the midst of it, there is blessing, there is protection, there is grace. I mean, I, I, some of those stories, and I've read the books, I've read Fox's Book of Martyrs, I've read, you know, Torture for Christ, I've read, I've read the stories of, of, and I've heard stories, I heard a testimonial one time, video testimonial, of a man who uh, was, it was a Chinese man who was arrested, and he was put in prison for 10 years for preaching the gospel. And for 10 years, he preached the gospel in the prison. And then he was let out of prison. Finally, they said, don't ever do that again. And he walked out on the street and started preaching. And he was arrested and he was put back in prison for 10 more years. And he preached the gospel in the prison for 10 more years. And then they let him out and they said, don't preach anymore. And he went out on the street and started preaching immediately. And they arrested him again. He spent most of his life in prison for preaching the gospel. Why do you do that? That's, that's not because he's crazy. 
is because he knows the one. He knows. And, and God was his source in the midst of it. You know, I've told the, this is a long time ago, I told this story. There was a woman who was a missionary in the Philippines during World War II. And she was the she was a missionary, and the the Japanese came in and they they took over that island, and they found a radio in the, at their compound, and they said she was a spy. Her husband was killed immediately. She was put in a in a prison, and she's she spent a few a number of months or a number of years in a prison in solitary confinement. And she was there, and she was just seeking God, and she's you know she said for a long time she felt sorry for herself, and one day she had a little window that was up, up high on the wall, and she had actually climbed up to see the sun, to see the light. She had climbed up, and while she looked up, she saw a man way across uh, the compound uh, picking, a banana off of, uh, uh, picking a banana off of the tree. And all she was eating was gruel every day. And she's looking, and she's hanging there, and she said, oh, what I would do for a banana. And then she felt guilty because she had asked, you know, come on, you know, all she'd been drinking, you know, eating was gruel for, for uh, you know, whatever. And, and she says, oh, what I would do for a banana. And she goes, oh, I felt guilty. So she says, I started to repent. God, I'm so sorry. God, I'm so sorry. I should be happy with what you've given me. I should be happy with what you've supplied me. I know, you know, it's impossible for you to get a banana to me. And no sooner did she say, I know it's impossible for you to get a banana to me, she hears a clank of a door down the hall and she hears footsteps, which usually meant they were going to be tortured. And she could hear the footsteps coming and she's like, oh no. So she ran over to the, to the corner of the room, stood against it, put her face against the wall because that's what they were trained to do is to not look at the guards. And she stood and, and she heard her door open and she was like, oh no, oh no. And she heard a, a, a thump behind her. And then the door slammed shut and the, and the key turned and she heard the steps going down. And she turned to, to see what had happened and the guard had brought in a whole bunch, a whole grouping of bananas and threw them in the middle of her, of her floor. Within moments of her saying that, our God can supply. Even in that kind of, I mean, it was like, well, what, why did she have to go through that? Well, the Bible says you will be persecuted. And persecution stinks. But it's the testimony that we give in the midst of it is what brings life. Don't fear those who will kill the body and after that have nothing more they can do. You die. It's not the worst thing in the world. You die, you're with Christ. You die, it's eternal life in, in presence of God. You know, the dying part's not pleasant. But the rest of eternity is awesome, is what, is what we're looking for. Verse 5, But I will warn you whom to fear. Fear him who after he is killed has the authority to cast you into hell. Okay, that's kind of a scary one. Let's just work through that for a second. I mean, that's who we're the God of. He's, he's, it's just not the first death. He ends everything. The second death is separation from him. Hell. But praise God, that's not where He left us. He left us with salvation. We have the choice to receive Him. Remember we, when we started this whole thing four weeks ago? I said in, in 1 John 4, it says, where there is love, there is an, it, it washes away all fear. It, takes, it, it gets rid of all fear. In love, in God, we don't have to fear the second death. And then the last part says this. Yes, I tell you, Fear him. 
Are not five sparrows sold for two pennies, and not one of them is forgotten before God? Why, even the hairs of your head are numbered. Fear not, you are more valuable than sparrows. And I tell you, everyone who acknowledges me before men, the Son of Man will also acknowledge before the angels of God. We do not have to fear this life. Our God is God. Our God, we, I, can, I, will, I have staked my life on it that God, our God, is the only one true God. We're in. If you seek Him, if you receive what Jesus Christ did on the cross, if you repent of your sin and you receive that free gift, that what His sacrifice did on the cross, you receive Him and you say, I put my faith in what you did on the cross. Be the Lord of my life. You do that, you have eternal life. You've stepped over from death to life. And you don't have to fear this anymore. But now we've got to work on the rest of life. Because everything is trying to tell you to fear. And we'll pick up there next week. Can you guys come on up? <clears throat> I want to pray for these guys. Pray for them as a family. <clears throat> pray for them as a missionary couple to the wilds of Wisconsin. Third, third world country. Just kidding. For those that are watching from Prescott. From those who are watching right now from Prescott, I'm sorry. I, he, he just said the church, the church is watching from Prescott right at this moment. I apologize. We love you guys very much. 24 years ago, met you guys. 24 years ago, I was a part of Jen's first week of salvation. 25, 25 years ago. She has, for those of you who know Jen, she has mellowed a ton. <laughs> if, I could, if I could tell the stories, okay? And then John came in on the scene. I was able to do their wedding. I think your wedding was the first one I ever did. Praise God. Seen that I was with them when they first helped to move to move to or from CFNI the first time. Both. Both? I, I think no, I did. No, no, no. Does yeah, whatever it was. I got you one way or the other. I brought you back. I you yeah, know. Look, the van on the way there. there you go. First time they went to CFNI, and at the end of remember what I said to you at the end of the graduation. I said it's the end of the first phase of your ministry. And then as time went on, there's been many phases. This is the next phase. So exciting. And they've been faithful. One of the things John said to me, how long have you guys been here? 14 years, you said? They've been... 2004. 16 years you've been a part of this. One of the first things, I don't know if he, if he remembers this or not, when they first came, one of the things he said to me was, I'm here to help you fulfill the vision for the valley. Praise God for faithfulness. Praise God for faithful people. You guys are faithful. They're not leaving forever. They're just they're moving on to the next phase. They're, they're, they're going to be starting. They've been pastoring for two years in the, in the afternoons, but now it's going to be morning services. And uh, so it's a new, it's a change. It's different. It's the change that you were talking about this morning. And that's tough, man. It's tough because they're, they're family. But 
We know sometimes family moves and grows. Watch the growth that happens from these seeds being sown. Amen? Amen. So we want to pray for you. And then afterwards, you know, because I don't want to, I'll just say it now, we have cupcakes this morning to celebrate with them. And they have the colors of the church, blue and orange, on them for a reason. All right? But we're going to pray for these guys. Could I have Debbie, can you come up, please? Could I have, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's why I was going to do that. Yep. Could I have the other leaders uh, of the church, the elders, the board, can you guys come up and we're going to lay hands on them? This morning, there's a, there's a couple of people here. Brian Goodspeed is uh, here. Could you come up and be with them? Brian has been a member here at this church for years and years and years and years and years. And actually, probably longer than I've been here. You were here before 2000, weren't you? No? Well, it just seems like it. But he, is, he in his heart has, has decided to go and be there in Prescott full-time. So he's going to be joining them and being a part of the team. Ricky, I want you to come up, and we're going to pray for you at the same time. Because uh, I'm seriously considering kicking Ricky out. And... Uh, <laughs> Sorry, for those of you who don't know me and know one of my favorite people in the world right here, but, but she, is, she has been going down there faithfully and praying. Above and beyond the services, above and beyond the other things that have been going on. She's been a part of that down there and, and has a heart to be down there even more. And we want to bless her as she does that. Anybody else now who wants to pray for these guys, come on up. We're going to send them off the body. We're the body. It's not just me. It's not just leaders. It's, it's the body sending them into the next phase of their ministry, the next phase of their life. And it's sowing seed. This is good seed being sown into good soil. And we're excited to see the, the harvest that's coming from it. Father God, we, we thank You so much for John and Jen, for Simeon, for Elizabeth, for Kairos and Zoe, this whole family. We thank You, Father, that Your hand has been upon this family for years and years and years. Just like You've had, you've had Your hands on all of us. But Lord, we've seen Your hand upon this family. We thank You for their faithfulness. Father, I thank You that the reward for their faithfulness is great. Mm that they reap and reap and reap a harvest of righteousness, a harvest of joy, a harvest of life in every way, shape, and form. Lord, I thank You that the blessings, Your blessings, pour out on them with such excess that all around them see the blessings of God and they're able to bless others because of it. Overflow. Father, we love them so much. And, and as we say, we'll see you soon. As we, as we send them off on purpose to fulfill your call on their lives, we do it with great joy, with great honor, with great humility, and with great faith. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in Prescott, what you're doing in Wisconsin, what you're doing through these, this great family. 
Lord, we bless them right now in the name of Jesus. We thank You that everywhere their feet go, they are blessed. Everywhere that, everywhere that they go, there's doors of utterance, doors of opportunity of ministry open wide. Doors open wide in Jesus' name. Doors open wide. Opportunities open wide. Father, that their hearts will be so full because they'll see Your hand. Even in the moments of difficulty, they see Your provision. They see Your hand powerfully on their lives. Father, we pray for protection over them. Father, we pray that no weapon formed against this family shall prosper in any way, shape, or form. Thank You, Lord. Every word word that's raised up against them will fall. That they are in You, of You, and through You, Lord, in everything they put their hands to. Father, we bless them in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Praise God. Your roots, your roots go down deep into Christ. You are connected to uh, the vine. Hallelujah. And Jesus says, I am willing. He says, yes, I am willing. Be it unto you according to your faith. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Glory, glory, Hallelujah. So, Father, now we send them out with joy. We send them out with love and that they are always welcome here. Anytime they need to be here. Anytime they need back. We thank, Father, we commit as the body of Christ to pray for them as You give us remembrance, as You bring their names to our remembrance. And we thank You, Lord, that we will hear all the good reports. Man, it's going to be so cool. It's going to be so good. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen.